Welcome to Viewpoints Listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossack, and this is the last What's Making News for 2020. And we've got a little treat here for our listeners. Um, I'm your host, Henry Grossack. Russell Hanby joins me. Welcome, Russell, to the last, uh, the last What's Making News for this year. Hello, Henry. Yes, I can remember the first one for the year, I think. Uh, so it's gone quickly. We've had a very uh, topsy-turvy year this year, haven't we? Yeah. What was in the first one? Because I can't remember it. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but I, I just you remember... Made, you made that up. <laughs> I, I just remember going about the process, not so much what we talked about. <laughs> oh, all right. Weasel words. You just... Um, we didn't get our act together. We didn't talk about the lines and the puns and plays of words that we're having. This is unrehearsed, obviously, so I was supposed to say, yes, Russell, it didn't seem so long ago at all and ask no questions, but <laughs> but you can remember the, what was the process like? Uh, I remember <laughs> Don't answer that. I'm, I'm just having fun with you, Russell. I, I, it's funny how the years seem to have slipped by so quickly. Yes, it does, same, doesn't it? And, and yet at times during the middle of the year it was all so surreal and it seemed like... Uh, time was just, uh, we're in a time warp of slow motion. Yes, that's right, particularly when uh, everyone was working from home and you were at home several days a week, weren't you, working there? And, yeah, working both uh, at home. We had about up to 100 kids a day at school there in those uh, middle terms and uh, about 500 working remotely like uh, many other schools. And, yeah, that was a challenge, but uh, um, it was, yeah, it was very surreal. I think the lockdown was was the, the hardest time where, and the curfew, where it just seemed like you weren't allowed to do anything. And uh, But fortunately, we're in a good place now, um, we are. all of us, and I, hopefully we can all enjoy a good Christmas break. You got any plans? Are you you going up into into the Dandenongs for your holidays with your wife, or are you staying at the foothills? I'm probably staying at the foothills. Uh, on the day we go to visit my uh, grandson and uh, daughter at uh, in Emeralds, that's in the hills. So I suppose I, mm. I am going to the Dandenongs a bit, yeah. But otherwise, are you going away at all? Have you yeah, well, holiday? Yeah, we're going to go down to the Grampians for a, a, a bit of time there in January just to get away uh, from um, from the city and enjoy a bit of rural Victoria, we're a place we haven't been to the Grampians for many years and it's a beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Is the staying at the Hallsgate Hotel or...? No, we've got to hide a cottage. Um, and we won't tell you where it is, so you can't call in if you're thinking of doing that, Russell. <laughs> <but you are. laughs> no, we've hired a little cottage for a, a bit of a get get away. We just want some space. Um, I know we had space sort of in the middle of the year, but it was a, a different sort of space, wasn't it? It was, it was almost, indeed, almost like yeah. a prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you felt like it was a bit, didn't you? Oh, it, it, it certainly did. It's been a year and a half and we've just got another um, – we're nearly there, almost there for the school year. Um, mm. Now, we've done something different this time. We told people last week you're going to pick two out from the year in an odd spot and I was going to pick two items of news also that we read during the year. And, of course, the challenge is that we didn't have our notes from those anymore, so we're going to be talking about topics which passed earlier in the year. And just going back to your words at the beginning of today, Russell, we can remember the process but not the details. Not, so not, not the details. Absolutely. So there's going to be good how we wing it. But yeah, I think uh, for next year, I think I'll get my notes uh, in a folder and then I'll be right if we do it again this time next year. Absolutely. So anyway, leading in with Russell Hanby, what was one of the uh, one of the two items you chose? When and what was it? 
Well, this was uh, not that long ago, the 9th of October, and the age said, what works in homework? This is when people were all working from home, et cetera. Yes. And, uh, she, and the, the first paragraph says, she's having yet another cup of tea as he wonders how many clean cups are left in the cupboard. He's on the phone again, an argument uh, may be brewing. And this is when uh, husbands and wives and partners were under the one roof, uh, coping with homeschooling as well as their own work. And uh, couples working from home, they often see a new side of their partner. They might discover their partner's a workaholic. And uh, also that was the period when couples were trying to cope with their work personalities during the lockdown. And uh, also uh, a psychologist was suggesting that the parents need sharing plans, in, including chores, quiet areas, and sharing children's responsibility. So it was a big uh, time for everybody back then, wasn't it? Oh, it certainly was. And I think uh, we all, uh, certainly schools and homes, I think the communication, the relationship, it had to grow simply because we had to work together on such a much more uh, closer level. Um, and uh, But no, it was hard times. Many parents struggled with it. Um, and we struggled with it too because we were doing something we didn't know. But uh, we got through it. We've learned things. I, I don't think, certainly in primary schools, um, remote learning is not going to become a big feature of, of our education. It's the on-site relationship uh, working together that's going to be the bigger part of it as we are now. Um, and I saw that uh, a line in that piece was an argument may be brewing. Um, great little play on words there, a cup of tea, an argument brewing. I wonder how many arguments <laughs> actually brewed to the point of brimming over. <laughs> oh, I hope not too many actually, but it was certainly a testing time and, and both parents and teachers learned to, more about technology in those few months than they've ever known with Zoom meetings and all these other things we never heard of last year. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's certainly fast track technology use, uh, proficiency, um, and uh, and the, the, the amount of it uh, in, in schools. And that's a good thing. And But I do know the parents are relieved to get back away from it. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, teachers, many teachers didn't only have to work from home with their lessons and that, but they had their own children to uh, homeschool in many cases, didn't they? Absolutely. It was um, – yeah, look, it's an interesting one. I wonder – I wonder, you know, like in the annals of history when we get a bit older and people say, what was it like then? We're in a position where I, I guess we wished we weren't in this position, Russell, but we'll be in a position to say we were there when um, the pandemic was around. We we were the lucky ones who survived it, but here's the story and we'll be telling people a story that um, will probably fascinate them but not an experience that they would like to relive. Just that we heard the stories from our parents of from bygone years. Now, That's right. Now, my first one was in The Age, back on the um, 3rd of no, September, Russell. Renewables enter the grid at record rates. And this was one that you read out at the time, but I'm doing it now. New sources of renewable energy are forecast to match last year's record levels despite the pandemic-induced downturn, courtesy of an ongoing boom, in household rooftop solar. That was interesting, that one, wasn't it? It was. I actually did a bit of homework this morning and went back to our podcast uh, of that day to find out a bit more about it. And uh, what we talked about... Uh, Small-scale solar installation, installations were taking place uh, up to 6.3 gigawatts, which is better than expected uh, in those early months of this year. 
solar installations increased as people worked from home. Uh, that was due to increased spending on home improvements and low interest rates. In fact, uh, it created 2,800 new solar jobs in those early months, and it added 677 uh, megawatts, which in fact was 41% increase on the same time last year. So all this took place during the sort of lockdown area. So it was just perhaps one positive spin. That's certainly one that's positive, yes. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that pans on and pans out uh, moving down the track. Will that momentum continue or will it abate? I, I suspect that not just for that reason, but for many others, it will continue, Russell. When you take a short break, can you hold the line, Russell? Yes, certainly. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossing. We're in the middle of a discussion down memory lane 2020 of what's making news with Russell Hamby. Welcome back, Russ. Thanks, Henry. Now, your turn again. Um, this goes back to May. Yes, uh, the 22nd of May, and the concerned yoga benefits in focus. For those few weeks at that time, in fact, most of the year, we were hearing about medical breakthroughs, particularly taking place in research in Melbourne. Well, this was research into whether yoga can help women with endometriosis as a uh, uh, part of a $9.5 million research boost. And, uh, of course, uh, we know that that is a very debilitating illness with women. In fact, it affects one out of ten and leads to chronic pain and sometimes uh, uh, compromised uh, fertility and sexual function. Our Deakin research uh, at the time uh, looked at uh, comparing the impact of yoga, education and cognitive behaviour in improving the quality of life in women with the, the disease. And uh, they, yoga is a great way of relaxing the pelvis muscle. So that was what they were looking at uh, back in May. Yes. And um, do you do yoga? No, I don't. No. Do you? No. Do you do any form of meditation? <laughs> <laughs> not really. No, not conscious meditation. I suppose I, I might daydream a bit, or, you know. <laughs> Have you done anything like Pilates or anything like that? No, I haven't. Have you? Yes, I did Pilates there at one yeah. point. I certainly do exercises. I do a lot of those. As you get older, Russell, you've got to keep the muscles stretched as well as the brain. That's right, yes. It's important to keep both parts of uh, the body uh, fit, isn't it? That's why I tend to ride and walk every day of the, uh, of the year if I can when it's uh, fine. Does that and, keep, uh, keep your brain going? Not so much a brain, it was the, the legs. <laughs> it keeps your legs this, going. This work, sending me in homework each week, that keeps my brain going. Well, what, that, that's an interesting one because I reckon that um, the value of homework um, diminishes with the younger you get. Um, young primary school kids don't get as much from homework as perhaps older and secondaries. What about the other end of the coin? Does it diminish as you get, you know, sort of down the track a bit? Like yourself, <laughs> like what does what diminish? <laughs> one I was being careful or, there. Or, or I didn't want to work out what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't. I, <laughs> a lot of a lot of people have that problem with me, Russell. <laughs> I don't want to be ageist or anything, but <laughs> how are you doing down the other end of the track with your memory? Oh, oh okay, yes, very good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're always remind. You must be pretty good because you're always reminding me to get you the uh, pieces for what's making news. It's probably, oh, yes. probably I'm the one with the problem, not you. So, <laughs> so yoga, yes, it's interesting because uh, it, it certainly does show benefits from the research and at the end of the day it's the research that uh, 
that makes a difference. Can I give you a little test? Oh, uh, yes. Without looking at your notes, can you spell endometriosis? Oh, E-N-D-O-M-E-T-R-I-O-U-S or something like that, isn't it? Wrong. No, what is it then? E-N-D-O-M-E-T-R-I-O-S. O-S-I-S. Yes, yes. You read it out before. I thought you might have been able to spell it. Well, I could do if I could focus. Oh, anyway, look, sorry, I'm just wasting time here. People want to get on with what the more important things, not Henry being frivolous, but uh, us being um, informative. My second one, Russell, goes to the 17th of September. Value, you read this one out too at the time. I've picked two that you read out. So I hope I can read them out as well as you did at the time. Values added to citizenship test. Aspiring Australians will have to study up on our values of mutual respect, equality and democracy before setting a revamped citizen test. That was an interesting and controversial one at the time, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, in fact, at the time they planned from November the 15th, now I don't know whether the uh, COVID situation changed that, but from last month, the 20-question multiple-choice test uh, would include five questions about Australian values, and the uh, applicant would have to get all those correct, apparently, those five. And they were also required to understand and support religious tolerance, the right to vote, and Australia's rule of law. And uh, Minister at the time, Alan Tudge, said they were more meaningful additions rather than just basic acts, which had been previously the case. And overall, the person must pass at least 75%. And uh, in fact, there's been an increase uh, up to the 12 months to that date to 204,800 people uh, applying or being new citizens. Mm. And uh, some of the questions, the new questions are, well, should people learn English? And uh, should uh, they and obviously should they learn to tolerate each other? So some of them were fairly obvious ones, but uh, they did want to change it more to values rather than just uh, on Bradman and things like that. Oh yes, I think uh, just facts and things like you know Don Bradman, who's a cricket iconic person in our history. I think it makes more sense if you're going to have um, a citizenship test, um, values, respect, equality, democracy. Shouldn't be too hard because there's sorts of things that we should all value anywhere. Uh, really, shouldn't we? Mutual respect, equality, and in our country, certainly democracy. Um, and uh, some. Knowledge of where, you know, of of of, of our culture in that sense, where it yes, sits. I remember you asking me at the time. I only remember because I heard it this morning on the on the podcast that, that you said, "Was there any criticism about it?" Yes. Neither of us could think. That, neither of us could think that there had been any at that time, and uh, I haven't since heard any one being uh, objecting to it. Have you? No, no, I haven't, I haven't heard, heard much. much um, I haven't been looking for it, but then I haven't heard much about it. We've come to the odd spots, Russell. Now, there was a time during the year where we both made one up. I thought they were good ones, yours and mine, but we're going to get one each from each other. Um, that was not an original from us, but we found. Um, now, you listed two. Which one do you want what? to say? Uh, probably the one about uh, the one from uh, October about the bush turkeys and the chooks. Uh, a spate of brutal bush turkey attacks on backyard chickens has shocked the residents of southeast Queensland. According to local reports, the protected native birds are violently attempting to breed with domestic chooks, whose population has swelled after many households installed coops following the panic buying of eggs during during the epidemic. 
Um, in a in, in a further complication, Gwila, G-W-E-L-A, as they're sometimes referred to, they're protected under Queensland law and harming them can lead to fines or even jail time. Uh, I did a bit of research at the time, and apparently there have been some, some successful matings. Uh, I wonder if they would be called chickies or turkins. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, well, what do you reckon? I don't know. Reminds me, have you heard of tur- turducken? No. Well, that's when on the barbecue you de- you debone a chicken and stuff it inside a duck, and, and uh, which has been deboned, and in turn stuck it inside a turkey, and then you put it on a spit, and you've got a turducken. Apparently, it's quite popular in Australia. Turduck. Have you ever had a turducken? Only because on the radio I had heard of it a few years ago. I've never had one, but uh, it's tur- turkey, duck, and chicken. You see, turducken. Why don't you this year experiment and make a turducken? Tell me what it's like, <laughs> and we might. I might talk my family into having a turducken next year. You, you, you can be my turducken guinea pig. Oh right, mm. that's a good okay. one. A turducken. That would be a good one. Someone. That's yeah. a trivia question. What's a turducken guinea pig? And the answer is Russell Handby. nonsense and too much I don't know how you put up with me my odd spot Russell goes back to the 3rd of September of this year lions are less likely to attack cattle with eyes painted on their rear according to UNSW researchers uh, that's United Nations people who work with herders in northwest Botswana on a four year study of wildlife attacks None of the 683 head of livestock with eyes etched on their behinds were killed. But 15 of the 835 unpainted cattle were felled by lions and four of the 583 animals with crosses marked on their backsides fell victim to the big cats. Interesting, Russell. Remember that yes, one? I remember that one. Yes, it, it reminds me, I think I've mentioned the time, people put eyes on the back of their crash helmet to stop sweeping magpies in the yeah, season. Yeah. Sort of, it must work. They must see, look like the face or something coming towards them, you know. Well, psycholo- psychologically, I remember when I was a kid, mum and dad or mum especially used to say, don't do that, I've got eyes in the back of my head. Of course, I couldn't <laughs> see them, but it, it, it certainly had an impact. So it's a variation of that. It is. Apparently, they like to attack uh, people running away from them. And so if they think you're looking at them, uh, then uh, they, they sort of leave you alone, apparently. apparently. That's the story anyway. Mm. Do you want to write some eyes on the back of your, paint some eyes on the back of your head and see if it works for humans? <laughs> oh, no, I might let that one go, I think. I'll just keep <laughs> the other side. I'll just keep the other side of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, that takes us out. It's been a wonderful year working with you as always. And uh, I just want to thank you for the wonderful contribution time you've made to this for decades now, literally. And uh, I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. It's a... Uh, a bit of fun and uh, entertainment along with a bit of news in there and I wish you and your family all the best over Christmas break and uh, we'll be back on deck hopefully um, towards the end of January. Right, so we look forward to that and you have a, a good and safe uh, Christmas and holiday time and we'll catch up uh, in a few weeks' time. We will. That was Russell Hamby, great, uh, uh, a great uh, partner in uh, What's Making News, been with us a long, long time. We'll take a short break. Listeners, don't go away. Mm-hmm. 